Hi, I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together, we watched anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know when to hit play and when to run away. And hello and welcome everybody to another episode of We Watch Anything that show that does dredge the bottom of Netflix's extremely dirty bottom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good start you've done there. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um yeah, I, it's been a while. I'm no. very sorry. I was uh, marooned in Latin America for a while, um, going slightly mad. Jono's been marooned on the South Coast, and we have yeah. just not been able to get together. We've watched the movies, and we weren't able to get together to do the record. So it's been a while. I'm sorry, good people. But at least it has given our listeners time to chime in, because um, at least one of them has watched our combo movie this week and has had a few thoughts on it. But we will come to that, obviously, later. Jono... How are you, man? Yeah, I'm very well. Uh, first things to say is that yes, it's been a long time. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 great to see you again, and um, and it's great to do, be doing this again. But um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh yeah, bit of housekeeping from our last episode. Our last episode, episode twenty, was documentaries, movie documentaries. Yes, and um, I said that because of your enthusing about Lost Soul, uh, what's the full title of the film that you watched? Lost Soul. The doomed story of Richard, Richard Stanley's Stanley making Doctor Moreau. <laughs> Island of Doctor Moreau. I'm terrible at titles. Don't ask me these things. <laughs> it's a really interesting documentary. You were going on and on about yes, it, and yeah, I yeah. promised I would watch it. I did go away and watch it. Oh my word! Did you? That is very exciting. What did you think? I thought it was freaking awesome. How good it's is really it? It's really good. It's really good. The thing I just quickly wanted to tell listeners. So you should definitely listen to episode twenty because we had three documentaries. Yeah. Now the thing is, my documentary that I rather liked was called uh, um, uh, um, Chuck Norris Ch- versus Communism, which I did want to watch, and I had twenty-four hours on a plane and did not watch. Sorry, I did watch oh, a few other man. things which are amazing, but I did not watch that. Sorry, dude. But what I was going to say is that both that film. Mm. And and our combo film, yeah, which we didn't like very much. But both my film and the combo film suffered in different ways for a little bit of um, style over substance. Yes, although I really liked my film, I stress again. But what I would say about Lost Soul, your movie, is that it was all substance over style. Do you know what I mean? How, As in, sub- it, how it just, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely fascinating, and. Oh my God, Richard Stanley is my favourite human being of all time. He's just got this amazing... He, people should watch it. And even if you're not interested, just watch him for a bit. He's yeah. such an... He's, he's, he's absolutely compelling. He's so strange. He's got such a sort of... I mean, he's South African, isn't he? That's right, yes, isn't yeah. So he's got just a strange, really compelling way of talking. I can't do an impression of him, but he, but he just talking about really kind of, but then I was standing on the beach and, um, and then before I knew it, I was being attacked by a man with a sort of vol costume made out of uh, skin. <laughs> of a, you know, it's just, and I just couldn't, I couldn't take my ears off him. It's a weird way of putting it, but I just, I, like I found it. him so interesting and just the whole, yeah, totally. It's I just wanted to add my recommend to your recommend. If you yeah. have any interest in filmmaking, it's absolutely fascinating. And I, I still love the bit 
that it, where it picks up after he gets kicked off the project. I think that's still yeah. brilliant. All those interviews, all those Australian cast members and crew members who they talk <laughs> yeah, to, it's just absolutely crazy. Like there's the there's those two drivers. Who are just yeah, like, the two Aussie drivers are really funny, aren't they? You said how they were um, so unawestruck by the whole thing. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. They're really funny. <laughs> And then, they could be talking about doing like a you know a delivery round. You know they yeah. could be talking about the most normal, mundane thing in the world, and they're re- they're really interesting. Uh, just uh, just all the voices they've got in that documentary. Oh, I'm glad you liked great, it. Great, great. Glad you liked it. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that the whole you know the denouement is absolutely. I had no idea yeah. about that coda. Well, no, you know, the, which is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, well, that was a documentary about a movie, and this this time round we've veered as far away from documentary as you can possibly get, I think into the realms of, uh, well, fantasy horror in, well, yeah. you know, let's just say fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy. Well, I mean, it is, it's, it's a typically horror subject, but in general accepted wisdom, vampires do not exist. No. Okay. I guess what I mean is that I'm not sure how much horror is in this, 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 <laughs> this episode selection. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. What's what's your favourite vampire movie, dude? That's a very good question. Movie um, rather than series. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, I mean, series-wise, it's obviously Buffy. Um, mm. I would say favourite vampire movie, and um, I can get pilloried for this quite happily because it's it's sort of terrible. It has some awful moments, but it's such a part of me growing up. Is the Lost Boys. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, it's, me too, me too. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't know whether it is my favourite because I didn't really. When I asked the question, I didn't really have one in mind yeah. as my favourite. I like bits and bobs of loads of them, really. Yeah, I mean, I, Near Dark's a cracker. Um, yeah, oh, Near Dark's great. Same yeah. year as Lost Boys, isn't it? I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I, I, I never loved that the big budget, you know, Bronze Francis Dracula. Ford Coppola Dracula one. Although I do really like bits of it. Yeah, I love bits of it. I never liked the whole thing. No, no, no. But I think moodily, the first like the first half is pretty cracking, actually. Yeah, and I like Gary Oldman's performance. I don't mind Keanu Reeves, although I don't think it's his best performance. No, but I... it, that really put me off Winona Ryder that film. Yeah, she was, she was rubbish. It, actually, it it made me quite a fan of Sadie Frost, and then she's just been rubbish and everything else. Um, yeah. And uh, it's also got um, the person whose name I've suddenly forgotten. So Anthony Hopkins? No, Tom Waits. Oh yeah. The Tom okay. Tom Waits in it is just such an awesome lead. Like that's almost that pre-shadows the Joker that performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, but I was going. Oh, I remember what I was going to mention. Yeah, I think the vampire film that scared me the most actually mm. was um, a TV movie um, Salem's Lot. Oh really? That scared the bejesus out of me when I saw it because I must have been about thirteen, fourteen, uh, so yeah. quite quite young. And just the bit when the creepy boy's knocking at the window. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I just well, I, I rewatched it not that long ago. And it's definitely, it feels like a TV movie, but it's got James Mason in it, for God's oh, sake. And his performance is absolutely hilarious in that film. I really I, recommend I it for anyone who hasn't seen it. In such a long time. But it's one of those things where you always go, oh, it's a Stephen King thing. The book's just always generally better. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, I, I, I can't. I can't comment as in I haven't read I haven't read Salem's Lot, but mm. yeah. Anyway, I like that film. So we might as well get cracking with our uh, with our movie. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm going to start talking about mine. Well, um, do that because I'd like to hear about it. I will. Um, 
Uh, my one, I had a bit. There, there, there was a moment of pause before I gave myself this film. I chose Vampires. I gave myself this film, and it yeah. in ways is the biggest budget, most Hollywoody type film, mainstream thing I've given myself. And the whole point of we watch anything to begin with was that we should try and watch slightly more, you know, esoteric, odd things. But either way, whatever. I'm going to live with my decision. I gave myself Dracula Untold from 2014. Yes, um, which was, you know, had, had a certain amount of, like, B-movie fanfare when it came out, didn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was big mm. budget stuff, you know, and um, and it's got sort of a good a, a, a good cast and, and blah blah Anyway, so let me cut. This was said quite a lot, so I'm not saying anything original here, but a lot of people compared it to Batman Begins because basically what they've done is um I love Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, but as in they've it's it's they've taken the the idea of Dracula and given him an origin story like an origin oh, superhero good. film kind of thing that's what they've yeah. done. Um so this the 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 quick synopsis is this is that it's basically it's Vlad the Impaler and he's and he's just an ordinary ruler and his kingdom is threatened by these Turks and um yeah and and basically he must become a monster to help protect his his people okay. you know from from these baddie turks yeah okay so, turks. i know i know so um so that's basically the idea so so vlad <laughs> is played by um luke evans an actor i like ah. very much um an actor who i've recently enjoyed in beauty and the beast although that was the only thing i enjoyed in beauty and the beast oh really did you not like it i just thought it was Unbelievably meh. Really, I've not seen yeah. it. Yeah. Did you go yeah. because your daughter wanted to see it, kind of thing, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of them did, and yeah. um, I just went. Oh, I just, I was just, I, I go with utterly pointless remake. The cartoon was better, shorter, and actually had more of a sense of wonder in it. There was way too much CG in the Beauty and the Beast remake. Really? Anyway, we're not going to talk about that because it was meh, and it didn't have any vampires in it. Presumably, no, not at all. Which is rubbish. <laughs> Anyway, Luke Evans is Vlad, as I've said, and the bad guy uh, is Dominic Cooper. You know, lovely oh, Dominic Cooper. Who, I do like Dominic Cooper. I know who I, I like very much as well. So he's mm. he's the Turk ruler at Mehmed, um, and uh, another cast mem- member who I'll I'll mention right now is Charles Dance. Is the sort of master vampire. <laughs> I still don't know if I do like Charles Dance or not, but I think I do. Oh, I definitely do. I know. I mean. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's the reason I will always defend Alien Three. Because um, oh, I've got many reasons for defending Alien Three, but yeah. yes, yeah. Anyway, um, let me go on. I'll just tell you a bit more about the plot. So, sorry, sidelining. No, no, no. It's fine. So Vlad is um, is leader of this 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 world. What world? What, what am I looking for? Kingdom. Thank you. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> and you find out with this backstory that as a child there was this sort of system where he was a sort of he was a he was a royal hostage in the palace of like a sultan in the Ottoman Empire, you know, mm-hmm. and he yeah. and they were and basically he was trained to be an elite sort of fighter and became a really feared warrior, and that's how he became Vlad the Impaler because he slaughtered, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people by impaling them and stuff. But he's now yeah. he's now he's an old man, he, and he and he wants he wants peace. Okay, okay. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, well, exactly. And um, and the important thing that happens is that um. He's having so you're about sort of five ten minutes into the film, and him and his his kingdom they're in, they're in a castle and they're just sort of having a feast celebrating that they've got sort of peace, and then some people from the Turkish Empire sort of come along and say, okay, 
you need to give us um, tribute in the form of your sons. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I know. And then um, Vlad sort of offers himself in place of the sons of his kingdom, just says, take me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sultan... Oh, is it all the sons of the people who oh, live yeah. in the kingdom? Well, yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, not just Vlad's sons? Yeah, it's got to be like, I think there's a number. I think they sort of ask, demand a thousand boys or something like Crikey. that. Crikey. Yeah, so they've, they've got to pay them anyway. So basically, they're, they're, they're under some kind of power of this Sultan. Yeah. But that actually demands their sons. So Vlad, Vlad tries to offer himself, but they won't do it. And the Sultan refuses, and not only that, but actually demands that Vlad's son, okay? So Vlad's right. got to give his own son to, to the Sultan. And then, Which I'm guessing he's not very happy about. No, no, no. And his wife is particularly unhappy about it. <laughs> um, but don't get me wrong, he's very unhappy about it too. But yeah. you know, um, let's say they're equally unhappy. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to cause a rift in the uh, Vlad the Impaler household. No, no, exactly. Oh. Anyway, they um a rather key scene happens when he they they meet on a sort of mountain pass and he, he's going to because he can't get out of it he's going to give his own son to these people. It's not the actual sultan, sultan. Dominic Cooper himself is not in this scene, but some of his um emissaries whatever minions. yeah minions are there to to pick the son. And there's a a you know he's about to do it he's about to do it and then you know he blows his top can't do it and kills them all. As in, you know, um, our hero, Vlad, kills them all yes. rather than hand over his son. So he knows, uh-oh, I've, I've angered the Sultan, who's much more powerful than me in terms of numbers, you know, manpower. So Oopsie-daisy. they're going to come and, and just kill everyone. So we've already found out that there's some kind of evil presence that lives up in a mountain. Mm. He So Vlad goes up to the mountain and then we have a, a, the, a good scene where he meets Charles Dance Charles Dance is basically a vampire, a kind of horrible old, shriveled vampire that's been there for a long time. Right. And um, they come, they strike up a bargain when basically he makes he he Vlad wants power, so he decides yeah. to become a monster. So he drinks some blood, and the whole thing is that that's going to give him power. But if he can resist drinking any more human blood for I think it's three days, something like that. You know, five days, seven days. It's a it's a yes. number of days. You know, um, he can he will go back to being a normal human again. But if he doesn't, I can go without drinking human blood for a really long time. Oh, can you? Yeah, yeah. I've, it's, it's one of the things I've always been able to do. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Once he's been given this blood from the master vampire, he has a thirst. Actually, oh, is it fine. from the master vampire? I may sound a bit vague. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then you know, so then there's this quite there's this quite sort of you know classic superhero sort of sequence so he does drink the blood he leaves Charles Dance in the mountain and wanders down and suddenly you know starts discovering powers he can kind of sense he can hear things from a long way away he seems to be able to turn into lots of bats and move around very quickly (laughs) (laughs) and then there is this scene I've always wondered about this are each of the bats dressed slightly differently There's a bat with a tie. They move too quickly to notice. Uh, um, but then, anyway, and then there's quite a good sort of massive fight scene where he single-handedly um, shoes an entire Turkish army. Okay, by this point, we're still only, you know, that's about half an hour into the film I'm talking oh, okay. about now. Wow. So this is still sort of scene setting, but this is where my plot's going to end because then it's there, start, there, there are various subplots that I'm leaving out and um, also because he, so. because he defeats a whole army... His sort of God-fearing, you know, um, uh, 
people that he's you know a slightly kind of great you defeated the army but now you seem to what what you know they know that he's you know they, yes. th- that he sold his soul in some way yeah anyway um i mean that's it do you have any questions replot or is that enough no, I mean, uh, well, only sort of where it's going because obviously, I mean, does it, how how far does it take us? Does it take us up to him meeting, um, you know, Harker, or does it take us up to just him sort of going right? I'm Mister Wampier running around kind of thing. Is yeah, it- no, it's definitely prequel. I wouldn't like to say too much because I feel that's getting too spoilerific about where it takes up to. But in terms of Drac, the start of the the actually, the- it's Renfrew meets first, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of Dracula, the novel, yeah, I, I think forget that. Really. Okay, fine. Yeah, just just don't think about it. This is all this is prequel stuff to that, if you see what I mean. Oh, fine. Okay, so I'm going to come to my review if you're ready for if you're ready for me. Oh yeah. Don't no, let me tell you a few me. more things just quickly. It's 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 quite it's an hour and thirty two minutes long, and it's directed by Gary Shaw. I just want to mention that. Um, Who's that chap? Well, he's there. He, he's done a lot of adverts. Apparently, oh, he doesn't nice. seem to have done that much feature length stuff before this but yeah an experienced director but not necessarily of of movies this is a sort of breakout picture yeah it? yeah i think so um it did very well at the box office um oh did it yeah yeah it took in quite a few millions um we like <laughs> but it's it, nice let's nice get a few million cri- critically it didn't do so well and yes. um i haven't found out yet because it's like i say it's it's a it's a Batman Begins type film in that it's obviously wanting to sort of create a new superhero. I can't quite figure out whether this is going to lead to Dracula Run Told 2, which wouldn't be a very good title, so I'm sure they wouldn't Dracula Told. (laughs) Dracula alluded to. (laughs) Oh, look. Dracula sent a memo. It's really, it's not very good. But it's not (laughs) totally awful either. And there is lots of fun to be had along the way. I would like fun to be had. Yeah, there's definitely fun to be had. For a start, as I say, I do really like Charles Dance. And the key scene with Luke Evans as Vlad meeting Mm -hmm. Charles Dance and saying, "Okay, help me defend my kingdom by becoming a vampire is just is is really quite um, scenery chewing. um, Okay, ripe ripe dialogue. Yeah. But in quite a good way. Like There's loads of sometimes the world no longer needs a hero. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it needs a monster, and and another bit when he says, says, "Oh, because men do not fear swords, they fear monsters." And I was just thinking, "Well, actually, <laughs> I definitely do fear swords." Yeah, I'm quite scared of swords. <laughs> I mean, monsters with swords, particularly exactly, but just swords on their own with people who know what they actually. I'd probably fear someone who really knows what he's doing with the sword more than a monster with the sword, because you'd imagine they'd sort of just drop it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just hit you with it sideways, like a imagine like... a T Rex with a sword. It'd be rubbish. <laughs> so. Um, so there's, there's that's quite fun. It's it's very slick looking. Like I say, this is definitely the most sort of modern, big budget, Hollywoody, slicky type film that I've seen in this podcast. Wow. And um, it, but it just it just is. I mean, the thing is, I realised about it was about two thirds of the way through. It was building to another sort of battle sequence, and I realised I was thinking about um, how easy it would be to to make cheese in the home. You know, if you bought <laughs> if you bought milk, and I was thinking about what other what sort of milk you'd have to buy, and and what sort whether you'd need to buy other chemicals to pour in it. You know, domestic homemade cheese. So it just it, it just Isn't didn't. There's something re- involving rennet. Yeah, I think rennet. I was going to throw that in, but I was worried it was for something else. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I just it wasn't entirely holding your attention. It wasn't entirely me. holding my attention. But I re- you know, I really like Luke Evans, and I really enjoyed watching him. Dominic Cooper is great, although 
They mm-hmm. haven't. Um, they've got him. They've got him kind of tanned. His makeup. It just looks like he's been on holiday for a long time. <laughs> And it just, it looks like, it's almost slightly old fashioned, you know, it's like those old 50s and 40s epics where rather than like choosing an actor, they just choose a Caucasian actor like, you know, Charlton Heston and just, you yeah. know, and, and you sort of just think, go, right, you're really? <laughs> you're really, a Mexican. You couldn't go non-white. Um, Paul Kay's in it as a sort of uh, a supporting role. Oh, um, I like him. Yeah. And William Houston's in it, who's another actor who I really liked. He played a really depressing character in a miniseries called North and South. Did you ever see that? No, I don't know the name either. No, it's quite, oh, he's, he's good. He was in the Sherlock Holmes movies as well as a constable, but I like him as a supporting oh. role. I don't think I've seen him in anything where he's been lead, but I like mm. him. Um, and <laughs> one of the funniest things is... Okay, so there's, there's definitely an element of this is pitched at sort of like the twilight, um, the post-twilight world, you know. It's, oh, yeah. You feel yeah. like that's the kind of audience it's going for, a sort of... It's a little bit moudoir. yeah. And maybe a slightly sort of teenage audience, which mm. sounds patronising, but it just it, it feels like that's what they're sort of they're making the film to. Um, but I really love the way they tried to make Vladdy and Taylor a character you could root for because kind of <laughs> it was just really fun. Like the way they cut, they had a lot of lines along the lines of you know, oh, if you impale one load of villagers, it means you don't have to impale all the villagers. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's that. Yeah, that's impaling with a heart. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like you know, Luke Evans is a very good-looking man, and you know, and he does. You know, they they do it successfully. You root for this guy, but you yeah. just every now and then you kind of go, go, "Hang on, we're talking about Vlad the bloody impaler." Put people on spikes. <laughs> you know, Vlad. There are other ways to kill people other than putting them on spikes. Yeah. But yes. um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't particularly recommend it though. Um. But it's we certainly not the worst. A D plus or a C minus? I think I'll go with D plus actually. Mm. But I mean, the thing is, it's only an hour and a half long. I would I say like that. that. And this is the kind of film that nowadays, I know this is a very boring old manish thing to say, but nowadays films like this would be two hours. So I'm genuinely yeah. quite impressed that it is bang on an hour and a half. And with there must be at least five minutes of that is credit sequence. So in fact, it's you know it's a really. And imagine there's a whole bunch of CG in there. So you'd have a load of yeah. There's there's loads of CG. And it's not that bad a CG, but it's not that good either. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Just lacks a certain amount of weight or something. But I loved watching Charles dance. And the ending, the very last few shots I thought were terrible, but I'm not going to say anything more about them because it's spoilerific. So, yeah, go. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be rushing out to not watch that. <laughs> okay, dude. Well, yeah, thanks for taking that. Well, I guess it wasn't quite taking a bullet, but. Uh, Didn't feel like a bullet. It was too good. As taking a slap to the head. Yeah. Maybe slipping on a custard pie left by an errant clown. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, that, that, that's moves swiftly on to why. So you said yours wasn't. Your, yours sounds more like a sort of an action movie than a than a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sorry. That is a point I should quickly make. Yeah. It definitely didn't feel anything like a horror film. Nothing yeah. at all. Go on. Whereas uh, I had Kiss of the Damned. Kiss of the Damned. Kiss of the Damned. It already sounds like a horror film, and yeah. it is definitely a. Uh, I guess one would say a, a horror movie about vampires. Um, essentially, the plot is sort of uh, hung on two people. Um, one of whom is a female vampire, and the other who, whom starts out as a male, not vampire. Right. And they have a sort of burgeoning relationship formed by meeting in a video store. 
and she's all very sort of exotic and beautiful and he is relatively exotic himself being a screenwriter and being all sort of um uh, i don't know chiseled and semi-bearded and he's the did you ever watch heroes yes yes so you know there's the two brothers there was the sort of the senator brother and then his younger brother who was just a bit of a worse yes yeah, it was, he's it's the younger brother. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember the him. main the main actor. Yeah, um, and so he basically and the female vampire sort of start a relationship essentially, mm. um, and they have some sexy times uh, when she asks him to tie her up oh. because she doesn't want to get all vampy. Um, and he sees what she is because she does get all vampy, but right. can't bite him, obviously. And then he takes the chains off and goes, "Oh, just bite me, sod it." <laughs> um, so then he becomes a vampire. So basically, th- this whole thing is sort of is a is a horror movie, I guess, set around a love story, very much sort of taken that whole like you know the sort of sexualized, uh, you know, the whole sort of sexualized vampire thing. Yeah, and uh, essentially, it's the, it's the it's how the pair of them move forward in this love story they have various things thrown in their way her sister turns up they're living in a house he moves in with her they're living in a house that's sort of like a uh, a very you know attractive halfway house for vampires in the area did you say it was set in the here and now or uh yes it is set in the here and now and, um and in, in, in america in america yes just outside of la i think okay but um very importantly it's so I'll go to this in a little bit. The styling is so 70s, it's unbelievable. Oh, really? Um, and, uh, yeah, her sister turns up and causes problems, and there are various trials and tribulations on the way. Um, and it tempts to look, I guess, at, at, at sort of how vampires could exist in society. Um, but mostly it's just sort of centred around a bit of like, ooh, vampires, it's all about sex, isn't it? And love. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of blood gets thrown around, lots of scenes of like lots of Dutch angles on walls as like a spurt of blood hits the wall or blood coming off trees and things. Lovely. Um, it's there's bits of it are very yellow. Okay. They have taken well, and that sort of yellow seventies stock. And that sort mean? of like giallo-y kind of like oh, way yeah. they've taken to heart, but not quite actually. It's not really giallo. It's um it's just it's just sort of it's very sort of wannabe seventies thing. It is directed, interestingly enough, by um, the daughter of John Cassavetes and Gina Rowlands. Oh, yeah. Zan Cassavetes. Okay. Um, and it is a really great sort of nature versus nurture example where you just go, you should not have been a film director. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh. <laughs> it's, it just, it's not, it's, it, it's not incompetent, although it is slightly. It's just so sort of sophomoric and so in love with itself and its subject matter and what she's trying to do. It's like, look at this. There'll be like, she'll, she'll throw in a... There's a bit when they're running through the woods mm. after they've become he's become a vampire and he wants to make his first kill. And they're, they're running through the woods and suddenly there'll just be a sort of a frozen image of a spider on a web. Uh, God. And it's just, and it's all just done with it. Yeah, it's all like you see oblique sprays of blood and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it just, yeah, it it's very taken with the idea of like she's obviously gone. Yeah, you know the penetration of the fangs, it's very sexual. 
But this time, you know, it's the lady vampire turning the mouth, so she's penetrating him. Wow. And it's just it's it's just quite <laughs> annoying. Um there is some I I so, I'm going to take you through what I wrote down. I watched this film very, very jet lagged. So I sort of drifted in out of consciousness. And then I watched it again, not very jet lagged. And I've got two sets of notes from each one and they still tally up basically. Right. Um, it's just a bit arch. Um, there's lots of like, oh the God, the music cues change every 30 seconds. Suddenly it's a German punk tune or suddenly it's a new wave tune or suddenly it's this or that or this. And he's going, oh God, just give me a break. Mm. They, um, it's just oh, one thing. There's no, there's no real. The problem is, there's no real heart to it. You don't care about any of the characters because they're all knobends. Is, is it and a love plot? Is, 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 is it? Um, is it? Is it? Is the the relationship between the two of them? Is it a love plot? Is it trying to tell a sort of like an important? It is it, a love plot, yes. But it, it, the whole thing feels like a cologne advert. Oh God. He sort of swans around a bit like that awful guy who goes, "I'm not going to be what you expect me to be anymore." <laughs> and she swans around like some woman who wears floaty diaphanous things on a. You know, on a, on a sea wall in the Mediterranean, and they just they just sort of mince around and occasionally get a bit naked, and then she's got like this, you know, sort of in in the vampire world you'd say slutty because I guess her sister you know comes and has threesomes and then eats the people she's having threesomes with, um, but in mostly these these vampires do not, uh, mostly these vampires do not go human, right. There's, there's only one of the. What do you mean they scenes... prey on other vampires? No, they sort of get blood. They have synthetic blood, or they have oh, blood from other sources, um, but it doesn't doesn't come close to being as good as true blood. Mm. But they uh, there, there's one decent scene like which I liked a lot. Sorry, I quite like Daywalkers. Oh, I like Daywalkers too, mm. and I quite well, I love the trailer for Daywalkers, yeah. which had the um, the placebo cover of Running Up That Hill, which is oh, yeah. just an awesome tune for it. Mm. Um, but there are some things that, that, that I would recommend watching this movie for. There is one really good scene that she's got totally right that is a sort of cocktail party where the vampires have a have essentially a cocktail party and um they're all quite like they're living in this house that's they're living in this house that's basically um run by a woman who is a, a celebrated actress. Right. But is also a vampire. Okay. Um, so sort of there's a sudden glitterartiness about it and she goes to premieres and comes back and things and they have this sort of cocktail party where everyone's walking around going oh yeah yeah totally well I mean little moose bouche well, don't worry it's not human um, so they have a little sort of bloody um, shot or whatever and as um, the younger brother from Heroes is a new vampire they'll go oh you're new aren't you oh there's so many wonderful things you'll see and they're all a bit patronizing and irritating and then they have this sort of very irritating sort of terribly serious afternoon conversation about how like you know like totally humans and stuff would like really misunderstand them um like if they knew about them and stuff because like you know humans are like you know sort of inferior but then they wouldn't understand they drank synthetic blood and it's just really like not fair and stuff (laughs) and i just wanted to uh, i i I wanted to kill them, but I think you were meant to, and I quite yeah. enjoyed it. It was, it was well. I thought that was well done. And then there's this great moment when um, Michael Rappaport turns oh, up, yeah. who is the screenwriter who becomes a vampire's agent, and has this scene where they have dinner, which is all very stacked full of like irony, which might as well have enormous neon 
um, triangles just pointing with flashing the word irony. She's going, oh my God, you're so full of life now. You're like, oh no, but he's dead, amazing. Um, but I basically like anything that Michael Rappaport turns up. Yeah. Like, he's one of my favourite things in True Romance. Yeah. And uh, in just about anything he's in, I really enjoy him. He's just this awesome like bit character actor who plays pretty much the same. Yeah, well, I, was, I was trying to think of other things I've seen him in recently and I can't think of anything. No, he hasn't. I, see, recently I don't think he's done that much, but mm. he... I just like the fact he 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 exists. Yeah, oh, I mean, he's amazing in True Romance. Yeah. But Michael Rappaport, yes, he turns up, then he goes away again. There's blood, blah blah blah. There is um, uh, there's a, there's an obligatory scene in a club with pumping music, but then the end, you're never going to beat the first scene of Blade. And oh, I love the um, first scene in Blade. Yeah, and <laughs> this is an awesome moment when no one can pronounce Peugeot. <laughs> <laughs> Is it funny, by the way, at all? Is it supposed to be no, funny? No, God, it takes itself so bloody seriously. And that's no. the thing. That's one of the problems. It's so turgidly serious. It doesn't sound and like it's doing it's anything like... new. No, it's not. This is this is why I guess I, I felt it feels really sophomoric. It's like someone's just gone, oh my God, vampires and sex. And you're like, y- y- yes. Yeah, we kind of did that. And there could be vampires ago. with a love story. Well, yes. Could you, do you want to go and read some Anne Rice? Um, <laughs> yeah, or, or anything. Like, you know, let's make it look like the 70s because that was like gritty horror and it gives that different feeling and you're like no because loads of other people just oh god what (laughs) just just go back and spend mummy and daddy's money and do something else open a boutique Mm -hmm. or become a you know professional rower the thing is the thing is like if 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 someone gave me son right now a a bajillion pounds to to launch to write launch direct whatever a vampire movie I would be scared because I can't, you know, I just feel like they, they have been slightly done to death, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I, I think, like, well, should I go classic? No, I'm a bit bored of that. Should I go, you know, like modern and do it like the series of like True Blood and stuff? No, I'm a bit bored of that. They, it, you know, you can't do Lost Boysy stuff because it's been done to death. You know, do you know what I mean? I kind of. Yes, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So I feel slightly sorry for all these people desperately trying to get some new angle. Yeah, well, vampires. I'm not sure anyone came to a going. Can you make me a vampire movie? No. I guess this is a passion. This feels very much like a passion project, but it also sure. feels like a graduation film from a, from film school. Mm. Only someone gave them money. Like, yeah, I just. Has it got so a good little... cast? Because you mentioned a couple of people, but did, what? What I mean, what are the leads like? Are they good? Pretty wooden, really. Mm-hmm. Pretty wooden. Um, the, I've forgotten the name of the lady who plays the female vampire, but she's a sort of um, a Euro actress, and she's just a bit like. I'm. I feel me naff. It's just none of them really start to that to me. I have to say, the dialogue is also really Spartan, because she obviously wants to do lots of stuff with you know texture and color and just the shots. So there's just lots of moody. Which is why I say it looks like a cologne advert. So it's moodily looking at each other and it's just like, oh god. And it's really irritating first person vision when they go hunting in the forest for the first kill. I I could go on, but again, I couldn't. Oh, there is one great scene when um, I don't think this gives anything away because it's just something to look out for. But you do have to go quite near the end where someone lights a cigarette off a smouldering vampire who's in the sun. Oh, good. Yeah, and that was that's quite cool. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the cocktail party. Okay, and I enjoyed my Michael Rappaport showing up. Those three things together do not make a uh, a recommendation, unfortunately. You could fast forward 40 minutes to watch the cocktail party and an hour and 40 minutes to watch the cigarette lighting, but basically I probably wouldn't bother. It's a pretty solid D 
as far as I'm concerned. It's not D minus. It's not even. It's not bad enough to be D minus. It's not entirely incompetent. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit rubbish. I have one more question. I can. Yeah. I think you're right to wind to wind things up on this one. But is it at any point scary? Only when you realise how much of the movie is left. To watch. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, talking of of, of that. Shall we move on to our combo film? Absolutely. Now, this is this is once again revisiting the vault of your childhood. Yes, yes. So, everyone, we we are uh, our combo film is once bitten from nineteen eighty five. Now, for the second time on this podcast, we haven't cheated because we both agreed now, haven't we? That very but occasionally, if it's this. from a very long time ago, we can rewatch a film that we remember. Mm-hmm. But it has to be a film we've only seen once and really can't remember at all. So we yeah. couldn't watch, you know, Monster Squad or something awesome like that. Um, oh, it'd be great there. I know. I love that film. You introduced oh, me to that. I did. Um, anyway, this is Once Bitten from 1985. So similar era to the last time we did this, which was, of course, Cherry 2000. Anyway, yeah. Once Bitten. And um, the headline news is that this is a early, although not first, um, Jim Carrey picture. Um, is this... how? What had he starred in before this? Ah, uh, no. Well, this was probably his first... I think this would be described as the first time he had an absolute lead role, but I forget mm-hmm. exactly how many he'd had, but he'd had four or five films before this where he had had, you know, more than just, you know, not, you know, third spear carrier from the left. And that's actually what's quite interesting about this film in that, in the, where his career is, because he sort of, you know, he starred in quite a few films. Yeah. Well, well, sorry, not starred. He was in quite a few films, but didn't, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't really making it in any sort of, Big scale, large scale, whatever. Oh, that's a terrible way of putting it. Grand in any, scale? Grand scale. <laughs> in, in, in any big way. Um, then he was on an American um, sketch show. And it wasn't Saturday yeah. Night Live. It was a, but another sketch show. And that's when he sort of began to get noticed. Uh-huh. And then, of course, he did um, uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Um, yes. Which, which I, I think... No. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I saw it in a um, uh, cinema in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I remember, because I'd actually oh. seen, I remember seeing a couple of the sketch shows that he'd been in and thinking yeah. he was in a scene that I just remember, it was, I can't remember what the scene was about, but I just remember thinking, this bloke with the annoying face is not funny at all. <laughs> and then seeing and then seeing Ace Ventura with these really nice two American guys who had like taken me and my friends under, under their wing kind of thing. We watched it and it, it was... Though it hasn't lasted in the same way that Bill and Ted's has, I do remember yeah. it making me laugh. You know, having that reaction. Where I have it's a like, vague memory of occasionally laughing. I think. Oh, I, I, I loved it when I first saw it. I do think there are some. I, you know, I'm not. Uh, um, I prefer his more serious stuff. You know, Turtle Sunshine is, is cracking, and so is the Truman Show. I mean, that, that's not exactly revolutionary opinions. No, but, but God, yes, I agree. I will always. If, uh, the thing is, I actually, I quite like me myself and Irene as well. But I've never seen why. it. No, I've never yeah. seen it. But the thing, I'm I'm not a Jim Carrey fan. I but no, I, I wouldn't say I was. Although actually, I did really enjoy The Mask the first time I saw it as well. I I never liked that. But no, but mm. I really really love the Truman Show. I think that film is basically yeah. perfect. Um, and that's my favourite film of his think by quite a way but anyway once bitten <laughs> sorry, we've already really once, yeah, once bitten is earlier on in his career and this yeah. is uh, basically a teen sex comedy horror sort of film romp thing. let's call it a romp 
And yeah. it's about a countess who um, who's a old vampire, but but still looks beautiful and young. But who needs to drink the blood of a virgin, and um, played by played uh, oh Lauren Hutton the yes. um, the great Lauren Hutton and Jim Carrey is a frustrated teenager who's I think supposed to be eighteen or is he supposed I to be twenty one? I, or, or I couldn't like work that. out his indeterminate age whether he was like meant to be seventeen and working a Saturday job or whether he was supposed to be like twenty one and working a Saturday job. I, I think I, he's I, more yeah eighteen-y kind of thing. But either way, he's, I thought it was well. He's a classic continue. kind of um, American Pie style teen who really wants to yeah. have sex but hasn't yet with his. Girlfriend. It has a sort of like you know fast times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. vibe to it and yeah. he's got his two goofy mates and without they work sorry on a... wanted to actually compare those two films no no god no um and he's got his two goofy mates and they work in a they've got a saturday job at an ice cream van is it an ice cream van no it's a burger oh no they bar. flip burgers and he's got an ice yeah. cream van don't they that's right yeah he drives an ice cream van his mates flip <laughs> burgers and he has some strange um and maybe this is meant to sort of counter the vampire thing but he has some strange um uh desire for like the world's blackest burgers basically <laughs> yeah then okay, so just to finish with so so that's the setup. But they basically him and his mates they decide yeah. okay, they they just want to go out and get laid. So they there's this scene when they they go out to they, it's in Los Angeles, isn't it? I think it's yeah. They get, so they go to Hollywood because that's where all the freaks are. Yeah, and then they go to this bar, and to cut the very long story short, the countess spies him, and and thinks okay, this bloke's definitely a virgin. And for her to stay a beautiful vampire, she needs to suck his blood, and um, three times, three times, and she gets him from back the to thigh. from the thigh, <laughs> from the inner thigh, dude. Not the, the outer thigh. thigh yes. I wouldn't do. Um, yeah, the outer thigh would be easy. You just stand on <laughs> a table and make someone to walk past. <laughs> um, and 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 I suppose that's it because yeah, she 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 has her way with him, and then he starts to change, and it sort of starts to damage the relationship between <laughs> him and his girlfriend. Because <laughs> yeah, he There's has a, a girlfriend. Well, um, let, let, let's let's do a re rewind on this because yes, I think you're right. It, 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 it's sort of like the movie sort of pads along in that way. Yeah. So we start off with this. Uh, we start off with this sort of semi incredible scene of him in a car. Trying to have sex with his girlfriend. Oh yeah. Um, and he's trying to persuade her. And every time he looks out the window, there's like a bouncing bottom coming from some convertible because literally there are like twenty cars and everyone's humping apart. Yeah, doesn't him. that scene end with him kind of standing outside, like more or less sort of crying to himself while all the cars are shaking with, with yes. naked buttocks? Yeah. And they've been together. From the sound of the guys saying they've been together like four years or something, and they still have not um, had the sexy times, which makes you think they're like sixteen, seventeen. Mm. Um, Let's not get sidetracked by their age again. No, but <laughs> um, but yes. So he he goes off to this 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 early phone sex bar. It's this really weird bar in Hollywood where everyone sits. At, maybe this is American listeners. Um, tell me if this still exists or if you've ever been to one of these in the past. Uh, but every 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 table has a telephone and you can call another table and try and chat them up. And he's got this awesome friend who only has one chat up line. <laughs> Sorry. Um, where he basically, yeah, it's that sort of like, hi, we're both adults, let's do what we both want to do. Yeah, 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 that's what he keeps saying, isn't he? Let's just do what we yeah. both want to do. It's like, well... <laughs> What do you mean? I, I, I quite need a, <laughs> need a wee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's played I, by I, Skip Lackey. 
Yes, who I'm sure I've seen in something else. Well, I found um, that too, but I think he just looks a bit like the kind of dude that was in films like this. Because I looked at his um, IMDb, you know, yeah, he, he plays Russ in this film. His name is Russ. Oh, great! And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't do much else, dude. No, there's another awesome scene where, for some reason, I can't remember the logic of it. They decide that girls in laundrettes are right for being picked up as well. <laughs> yeah. So Skip Lucky goes and tries that the line. Yeah. On top of a laundrette too, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yes, Jim Carrey um, basically gets picked by Lauren Hutton. Yeah. She sucks his inner thigh. He thinks he's had sex with her. But yeah. Hasn't because he, she needs to remain a virgin. Yeah. And then he basically goes and sort of tells his girlfriend. Yeah. Who just gets really annoyed at him, unsurprisingly. And then just kind of goes, oh, it's all right, actually, isn't it? Well, yeah, but as well, he seems to get annoyed with her for getting annoyed. Yeah, he's really surprised that she's so annoyed that he went off to a bar to try and shag someone and possibly did. Well, yeah, to her. Yeah, it's more than that. He definitely has as far as she's concerned. And then he's all like, hey, don't shoot the messenger. And it's like, what? (laughs) Knob jockey. Um, But what... Actually, sorry... When I say opening scene, is the opening scene then in the car? Or is the opening scene the unbelievable butler walk around the house? Okay, yes. Well, this is the because this we've had such a long gap between record. I wasn't quite sure, but yes, I think you are wrong. That scene in the parking lot with the the buttock, the buttocks is very early on. But yes, the unbelievable, um, incredible slow walk around of a vampire. quite possibly cinema's most annoying man. <laughs> Played by, remember I his do name? not know. Oh no, it's it's Cleveland Little who's um ah who's you know from Blazing Saddles. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it is truly, truly awful that scene. He's going sort of around the house preparing stuff for his mistress, and when she finally awakes from her slumber, that she is joined by the worst cast of irritating vampires ever put on screen. There is the worst English accent ever. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, yeah, so she lives in this this beautiful um uh, sort of mansion Debbie in Hills the hills. mansion style thing. And um yeah, so she's got her butler type played by Cleveland Little of Blazing Saddles fame. Yeah. And yeah, this irritating as you say, sort of gang of of sub vampires who was like, there's a, like a confederate vampire. There are these terrible twin vampires. <laughs> yes, there's a kind that. of flower power, kind of hippie vampires. You know that they, they are, as Benjamin so rightly says, they are awful. I mean, to a so, man, they are so awful. bad. And woman, let's yeah. not be sexist about this. No, indeed, we're in equal opportunities. What do you call it? Vampires, um, like a roger of awful cast. <laughs> um, but. And yeah, the, and the, but the the thing about that scene though, because yeah, it's just it's, it's sort of it's not a montage. It's just it's I mean it's one long shot really with incredibly bad eighties sort of music, and it just follows this incredibly slow moving, unfunny lumpen kind of movement of this <laughs> this idiot Cleveland little Sebastian wandering around. I don't know. It's just the pacing is so slow. oh so awful. <laughs> And and it is it's really it's very funny. It's, it's, it's this film is very much split down these two halves. Where this her house is is almost like a it's almost like a post Rocky Horror Show mm. kind of ensemble thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's what you mean? Full of uh, strangely camp gags, like like the whole you know 
Sebastian come out the closet. I've been out the closet since 1970. Oh, Lord, yeah. Oh. All the gags like that. Just You can and, uh, hear them landing, can't you? And then at, at one point, there's basically a kind of old school farce as everyone runs around the mansion. Oh, Lord, yes. I mean, and... and it... Which is just spectacularly awful. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's we've jumped ahead to the climax, haven't we? The action climax of this film. Yeah, but I, there's not much in between, quite frankly. <laughs> Apart from like Jim Carrey gets bitten on the thigh again. Yeah. In, oddly enough, a uh, uh, oh, what do you call it? A, a, a clothing outlet, yeah, changing room, where his girlfriend works. And they're back on again by this point. I mean, this is the thing. Okay, so within the film, what happens is that he starts to change, doesn't he? He starts to being he he starts by not liking light. He starts sleeping in a box. He starts wearing black clothes. He starts yes, looking much, a bit pasty. This... He stops being visible in mirrors sometimes, but not at yes. others. Um, and he never quite grows teeth, but he does sort of go <laughs> at some two kids who want to buy an ice cream off him. So all this stuff sort of happens. <laughs> the change really comes to a head. When he gets voted best costume at the Halloween dance for his vampire costume, which he keeps denying he's wearing. <laughs> which I would like to say now, just for the record, the vampire dance, sorry, the, the Halloween school oh dance was by word. far my favourite scene in the film. <laughs> because, okay, so for a start, the soundtrack of this film is terrible, but in that really amusingly bad 80s soundtrack and it's Maria Vidal is there playing live at this dance you know an actual um, performer playing just one kiss but then so they're at this this thing and there's like all these repeated jokes with people saying hey great costume and he keeps saying I'm not in a costume ha 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 and then they're sort of dancing and then suddenly you know what's her name vampire woman turns up again and starts being vampish and trying to seduce him away and then suddenly it turns into sort of a full-on sort of dance drama stylized routine it's like it sort of goes across between teen wolf and grease yeah (laughs) it's just amazing and so like she starts trying to drag him away but it's all stylized dance movements fully choreographed and like his girlfriend's trying to drag him back and his girlfriend starts ripping off loads of clothes you know the sexual politics of this film are, are very dated yes <laughs> the sexual politics of this film are absolutely horrific yeah. on all fronts oh yeah it's awful and and the only other thing and the other scene that i really wanted to sort of um recommend was that one we've already touched on already um was the scene when they it's more, you know, the the bar that we talked about with the weird telephones. Yeah, the scene is awful, um, just awful. But <laughs> I really enjoyed the drive when they're all in the car and there's just it's a you know it's a classic montage. Oh, they're driving down to the bar. Yeah, when they see all the, yeah. the Hollywood highlights. Because okay, it's not my favourite film of all time by any means, but I have a huge soft spot for the fifties um, comedy Genevieve. And even mm-hmm. if you're not enjoying Genevieve, there's a really good bit when the um. It's the end of a race. You see, it's a, it's a film about a race that ends in um, London, and in in the finale, you see full color nineteen fifty four London, and it's just frankly quite interesting. And in yeah. a similar way, I quite enjoyed that just that little bit of just watching weird Los Angeles <laughs> in nineteen eighty four five, whenever it was recorded. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I just quite enjoyed that. But Otherwise. yes. Yeah, so uh, the thing is, I think this oh, film awesome, is like... much more fun to talk about than it is to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you know, I, I would not recommend really watching this film unless you were going to do this sort of thing. If you were going to sit around <laughs> and get drunk and um, take something terrible apart, I, I. On that note, I do have some uh, some notes that I was getting from one of our listeners, listener Will. 
Oh, good. Who was live updating me as he watched it. Um, we started off with, oh, God, this film had better get well better soon. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Followed by, oh, God, it's dreadful. Sebastian, come out the closet. <laughs> Followed up next with my favourite one of his comments. It made me want to cancel Netflix. <laughs> and finally, there is so much mint green and casual homophobia. <laughs> no, the, the casual homophobia is, is yes, it comes to a head in... Um, well, first of all, thank you, Will, for suffering suffering alongside us. <laughs> exactly... But I quite enjoyed that. See, this is where it does work. This is where the film works. It's the truly, if you if you want to share an awful experience, it's uh, mm. it's quite entertaining. Well, okay, so just just one quick thing. You know, the whole mm. point was that I'd seen this film before as a boy, so yes. I reckon I must have seen it in about eighty seven, eighty eight. So I would have been twelve, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere around there. And mm-hmm. I didn't have any real memory of the film. I totally, I had no idea it was Jim Carrey before looking at it again that it was yeah. him, because like everyone else, I knew him after he was um, Ace Ventura. But the one thing I remembered was going back to school and telling my mates, "Oh, there's this really funny bit." And, and and recommending this film. You know, I told people this was good. And one of the reasons I told them it was good was the scene in the shower when his two mates have been told by his girlfriend that they've got to look for bite marks from, you know, from her fangs on the inner thigh. And so oh. and, and so they that one of them grabs him from behind while the other one holds his legs as if like stirrups to look at his thigh. and then and then all the other people sort of like go, "Oh, you know, fag alert." And, you know, the shower room empties. And so, obviously, in my 13-year-old, 14-year-old brain, I thought this was the height of comedy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you've got to see what's been. It's brilliant. Oh, it's so brilliant. This is a really funny bit. And just so seeing that again and just going, oh, my God, I was the world's stupidest boy. So, yeah, I was really pleased to to see that scene again and to see that I was very, very wrong to recommend it to anyone. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Um, it's it's. We've had a triple D, haven't we? Really? Today? Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know whether you've noticed, dude. But I have been smiling throughout the recording of this podcast. I really enjoyed watching Dracula Untold, even though it's very average. I really enjoyed hearing about your film, and I've really enjoyed talking about <laughs> Once Bitten. This isn't in the so bad it's good. It is just so bad it's bad. But I still kind of enjoyed the. Oh, just it was, the, I enjoyed it more so... than watching Kiss of the Damned. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I think I. Enjoyed it was it. way more fun. God, it was just it just didn't take itself anywhere near as serious. Mm. But it is so terrible, and as well, like the thing is, okay, Jim Carrey, J- Jim Carrey aside, okay, so it's got like it's <coughs> written by Once Bitten is written by some dudes who you know they had careers, but they didn't go on to write anything much else. I think After one of this. the one of the people like was, was a co-writer on Lion King, which obviously is quite big, but or, or something yeah. like that. But you know, the director carried on working, but always in TV. He didn't go on to direct any more films. And it has a couple of actors who never really went on to act in any more films. You know, this is it's almost a like bad it's so film. terrible. It finished a whole bunch of careers. Yeah. Inexplicably, Jim Carrey managed to resurrect himself Phoenix-like yeah. from the ashes. Good. Good stuff. All right, well, what that's next? where we're going to park our vampire bike. Good. And hop on <laughs> to the haunted bus. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Our, uh, our our topic for next week or next time, uh, rather, is going to be a um, a ghost story 
specifically, I think, a sort of haunted house kind of vibe. Yay. So we keep ourselves in the realm of the supernatural, but we're going to move away from uh, from not horrors and try and get some things that are actually a bit scary. Yeah. Um, if anyone fancies doing a, a sing-along uh, we watch anything, <laughs> our combo movie, um, which I just had in my brain... And I've just lost our so combo. Oh, I'm such so a unprofessional. Lover. This is disgusting. It's because it's I've I've even watched it already. Have you? It's called The Unfolding. Our combo movie is called The Unfolding. The Unfolding. I've not even heard yeah. of that. Oh, good. It's a, uh, a a ghosty story set before the backdrop of um, a nuclear war <laughs> potentially happening. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was going to be a reference to um, Naked Gun Thirty Three and a Third. You know, with the Oscar no. ceremony bit set against the backdrop of a yeast infection, all those stupid jokes. Yes, I can't remember if I've seen it. I saw it at the cinema in America. Oh, it's wowzers. terrible. Yeah. I think I've seen the first two. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so we so the unfolding. Get your eyes out and give it a watch if you want to play along. Mm-hmm. We'll be recording that in the next week because we're going to try and attempt to play a bit of catch up after leaving such a drought. March has yeah. just been rubbish. I'd really so like to because I really missed forwards. it. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, so until then, I wouldn't recommend any of the films you watched today, but go back and listen to the uh the Docs podcast we did before. And if you haven't listened to that already, and go and watch the um the Richard Stanley documentary because both John and I now give it that gold stamp approval, which obviously means so very, very much. Yeah. If you have anything you'd like us to watch, if you have any thoughts on the movies you have watched, if, like Will, you've watched a movie that we've um, said we're going to do and you want to uh, let us know your your uh, your amusing thoughts on it, please do get in touch. Uh, we watch anything at um, gmail.com if you're feeling almost uh, old school. At we watch anything on Twitter or Facebook us. We watch anything will get us there. Yeah, do that. Do that little thing. So... Uh, I'm going to say a big thank you to everyone for listening because we've had some really steadily rising numbers which is really rather gratifying pathetically uh, grateful yeah we're pathetically grateful that describes us rather well (laughs) keep on listening get in touch and uh, keep your ear holes ready because next time we'll be pouring ghosts in them (laughs) (laughs) you're such a knob Bye. <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. Bye, right, bye, everyone. <laughs>